This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and that, of course, means that you are listening to another episode of the Crowncast, and the preseason rolls on, and I have some slightly bad news. It is only slightly bad news. Um, the universe has decided that today I am going to hack my lungs out. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know what what entity it was that decided this. Um, but what I don't want to do is hack my lungs out into the microphone for you, the dear listeners, to hear. Uh, we wouldn't want to do that to you. I don't even want to do it to me. So uh, I will be uh, probably nomming on some of the special candy. And by special candy, I do, of course, mean exactly what you think I mean. Uh, that's Weed. right. That's right. It is cough drops. Uh, no, I, uh, so I apologize if if I have to step away from the mic at all in this particular one. I really don't want to put that uh, that darkness out there for you, listeners. Uh, and here to put darkness into the world with me is Justin. Hello, Justin. Hey, Logan. And uh, here to join us for the darkness and apparently for the five mile runs, it's Josh. Hello, Josh. Hello, hello. Still catching my breath. Yeah, uh, this is this is big news uh, for any of the listeners who who did not know this. Justin and I are now not athletic. We were once athletic, um, but apparently, Josh, you still are. Is it is it true that you just ran five miles for? And I have it written here. Fun. Um, I wouldn't call it fun. It 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 is true. I also would not call it athletic. But <laughs> that is that that'll be for our uh, our other podcast. Josh runs daily. Um, if you want to find out exactly how Josh's runs go, please do go find hashtag Josh runs daily. Uh, I am sure that there is actually someone using that hashtag. I am not confident that it is our Josh. Um, but we're proud of you, man. And we hope the listeners are proud of you as well. Anybody who is taking, uh, the new year opportunity to get in better shape. Good on you. So good on you, Josh guys. The preseason has has is going. We have crazy games. We have crazy goals. We have crazy formations. And uh, thanks to one of Josh's uh, recommendations, we now have uh, crazy observations that uh, we we have for the upcoming season. And we're going to give them to you. We're just going to start handing them out. Uh, we have, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use your term here, Josh. Bold predictions. Who wants to go first? Raise your hand. Oh, um, oh, sorry, Josh. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off. Your first bold prediction is that uh, Jesse Marsh will be the next manager of the U.S. men's national team. Are those not the? We're not doing bold <laughs> predictions just about soccer in general. Um, I I actually kind of appreciate that bold prediction. Um, but no, let's let's keep these bold predictions to the right. Charlotte FC. Right, and then Charlotte FC. Later, we'll have like a bold predictions after dark. But uh, you guys have to sign up for that one. Like you're going to have to sign an NDA. There's going to be some real secrets. This is the this is the mostly family friendly version, uh, specifically for Charlotte FC. But Justin, because you gave us one, I am going to go ahead and let Josh take the first one. So Josh, <laughs> would you give us your first season two bold prediction? Yep, and I will start out with my boy Mackenzie Gaines. Uh, my bold prediction is that Mackenzie Gaines is going to have. 10 goal contributions this season so some combination of goals and assists will add up to 10 for him 10 is is that bold what was his goal contribution in the last year wasn't it already like six or seven i believe it was a lot lower than that i would have to check but i think he was maybe around four. Oh, so you think he's going to he's going to go 250 percent of his of his previous uh show Yes, I think with Enzo Capetti through the middle, I think with Swiderski playing a full season, I guess, maybe hopefully at the 10, um, and some better midfield play, I think space is going to be opened up on that wing a little bit more. And I think he's finally going to have a number of players to find with crosses as opposed to just one guy making a run in the box versus five defenders. Uh, I will say that doesn't, that doesn't feel nearly as bold as I thought we were going. Uh, I, maybe my list might be a little bit too out there. Let's let's do this, Justin. Well, you have to you have to start off a little <laughs> slow. You can't go oh, you, full. Okay, right. We can't bowl. roll into the heavy stuff. All right. Oh no, right. I'm going. I'm going right to spicy. Wait, wait. Before you go spicy, I'm I'm going to do this. Over under ten goal contributions for uh, Mackenzie Gaines, also known as Josh's super, favorite superhero. Also, uh, before you before you do that, I did just look it up. He had five 
goal contributions last year. One goal and four assists on the year. I appreciate that. Your ability to find numbers is genuinely astounding. Uh, Justin, over under 10 goals for uh, McKenzie well, Gaines. Where, where are you falling? Not, not goals, but goal contributions. Let's be clear oh, right. about that. And, and so for listeners that may not know goal contributions, that those include assists. It's just how much is, is in general McKenzie Gaines producing for the team or anybody else. Um, assuming one of my bold predictions doesn't come true, I'm going to say over. Uh, I am actually on this board as well. I think he's probably going to do well better than that. I think in my brain, I had him sitting on somewhere in the 12 to 13 range of like what I thought would be his, this doesn't surprise me output. Um, Maybe it's because I feel like he has that right side somewhat tied up. Although all of the new video we have just seen in the past minute and a half might tell us something different. Um, I kind of figured he was going to get a lot of time out there in a more attacking team. And we were going to see his numbers. I thought we might be looking at a 10 goal season from Mackenzie Gaines, not 10 goal contributions. So, so I'm going to go over as well. Um, We will, we'll roll into this slowly. Justin, do you want to go with your first bold prediction? Uh, Yeah. And, and so in in Josh's honor, I'll I'll slow play this. I won't go with my real spicy one first. But uh, there are two starters for this team in the last game of this season that are not currently on this roster. We have we have gaps, and they will be filled either in this transfer window or in the midseason transfer window. We have internet slots, I believe. This is incredibly difficult to track down. Who's who's an international slot? We don't know if like Yozwiak's been bought down, and that means we've got a DP slot for you or anything like that. But there are gaps on this team that have to be filled, and they will be filled by people who are not currently on this roster. I'm I'm confused. What is so your your bold prediction is that two new people are going to come in? There, there will be two new starters by the last game of this season. Two people will be starting that are not currently on this roster. Okay. So where, where do you think these people are going to come from? Uh, left back. Uh, it, I mean, I think these are, these are people who are going to come internationally because I think Charlotte has shown a propensity for especially South American youth players. Um, you know, gambling on talent that could become truly great. Uh, I think that you're going to see somebody come in at left back. Um, I think that in large part, because I don't think this, this coaching staff sees Adam armor as a left back and our other options are not great. Even with Jan getting some minutes there in preseason and everything. Um, and I don't know if the starting right winger at the end of the season is on the roster right now. That's why I said, I, if one of my bold predictions doesn't come true. I agree that Mackenzie Gaines will be contributing. Oh, shots, Last shots potentially fired up to that, <laughs> to that right wing. I think we all saw the left back coming. Uh, Josh, you got a response to that? Um, I think I agree with the prediction in general. Um, I'm not going to throw my boy Mackenzie under the bus, though. <laughs> he, I, I think he's going to come through. He may very well. The, the other spot, and unfortunately, you know, uh, this is brought on by the terrible uh, events of the preseason for Charlotte FC, but center back needs help too. Yeah. Um, well, that will lead me into, <clears throat> excuse me, that will lead me into my first bold prediction. And I guess I'm going to try and go with my least spicy bold prediction. Um, I don't know. I kind of went full spice on all of these. Maybe you guys won't find them to be that spicy. Uh, my bold prediction is that Christian Kalina is not going to get his spot back in the goal in this season. Uh, I have a weird feeling that Christian Kalina did a lot of great for us, and he is a very good shot stopper. But I think we saw a little bit of the fans, but we definitely saw some of the coaching staff 
being troubled by his distribution problems. There has been a lot of addressing distribution in this team in the offseason. There's been a lot of the players that come in being progressors of the ball, good passers. One moment, my apologies. <clears throat> and I can very easily see a world where Pablo Cisniega, who's had a couple of good games for us already, takes his time and settles in. He shows he's an equally good stopper of the ball, and he's just a little bit more capable of the distribution part of the game. And I think if this was a Christian Kalina was healthy and Cisniega had to take the shirt off of him, I don't think it would happen. But because Christian Kalina is not healthy, I see a place where all Cisniega has to do is be pretty good and get the fans on his side. And all of a sudden, it's Christian Kalina who has to rip the shirt off of Pablo Cisniega. And I don't know that it's going to happen. So, so my... Uh, my bomb drop, my first bomb drop is I don't think Christian Kalina gets back in, in goal regularly for Charlotte FC this season. Uh, Josh, thoughts? Um, I am actually right there with you. Uh, you literally stole one of mine because I have written down <laughs> that Disneyego's form will be indistinguishable from Kalina leading to him taking over the number one goalie. So all of those times in the background when I've said we don't always agree on things and sometimes we think about things totally differently. Apparently, there are also times that we agree on things. Well done, Josh. You have brilliant thoughts. I um, know it happens from time to time. Justin, what do you think about uh, Christian Kalina having to fight for his space? Uh, the only thing that really gives me pause on it, because, you know, I think as the season wore on, we saw a little less of the Kalina greatness and a little more of the Kalina concern. Um, is the fact that at the moment, I mean, the preseason has been a full-on goalkeeper battle. Mark started the entire 90. He went the entire 90 against Vancouver. Cisniega came on because they played an additional, like, 45 minutes of fun time uh, after the, the 90 was finished. So I don't know that Cisniega has really nailed down, you know, that that position is the guy who could supplant Kalina. Um, I also don't know if Kalina would have undergone this surgery if he expected to be out for an extended period of time. I think that Kalina expects to be back and healthy and have that spot back from the beginning of the season when the games actually matter. Um, and then I think it's always more difficult to supplant a, a starting keeper in that position. Yeah, I will say I, I do think that you know, thankfully, a lot of surgeries that professional athletes undertake, they do kind of get to try and time them the best they can. I don't, my understanding is this was not one of them. This was one that came on and all of a sudden he was in really bad shape and it needed to get done. I, I haven't heard of an immediate time frame for him coming back. Justin, have you heard something? I don't know. I mean, I haven't heard anything, but, but I just don't see, I, I mean, if this was a sudden thing, it comes at such a weird time, right? Because they weren't really training. They weren't, you know, it was, it was, if anything, solo training. Um, but there wasn't really, I don't think a lot of like team activity going on when Kalina all of a sudden had to have the surgery. Yeah. I don't know. And I do actually like your point about the fact that it may not be Cisniega who usurps that spot could be marks um i do think right now sisaniega probably has his nose out in front a little bit but uh i i do not necessarily have my finger fully on that pulse uh let's go uh justin i made you go first slash second the first time <laughs> because uh we do math really well here on the crown cast uh do you want to go ahead and give us your second bomb drop Sure. Now we're going to up the spice a little bit. Um, Enzo Copetti is not going to have a good first season in Charlotte and is going to lose time to Vinicius Mello in the middle of the, the attack. And I say that, it, like, I, I think that Capetti has some talent. I do think that Capetti goes down a little bit too easily for this league. I think he's going to have a hard time adjusting to the amount of contact necessary to actually draw a foul. And 
I think the turf in Bank of America Stadium is not going to be kind to Enzo Capetti's recently rehealed leg. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I didn't think about was the fact that his his leg is going to have to stand up to the turf itself. I don't know how I feel about this one. Uh, I feel like this one's kind of on the coin flip for me. Um, Capetti could come in and be really, really good. Capetti could come in and be really, really bad. I'm on record saying that I think Capetti needs to show he's got what it takes to own the position in the first three or four games. Um, because we literally put our opinions onto the internet. You can just go back and hear about what I think about Enzo Capetti. It's literally right there. So I can see this one. I wouldn't say I'm against this one, Josh. Um, I am, I'm a pretty hard disagree with this. Enzo is not on any of my bold predictions, but I, I am expecting, and I, I will cautiously predict, I guess, instead of boldly predict, I think he has a fine first season. I'm, I'm thinking he scores around 12 to 14 goals, something like that. Maybe that even constitutes a better than fine season. Um, but I actually have high hopes. I think what we've seen from Melo in the preseason has been very, very exciting. Um, but I don't know that I'm there quite yet just because he's such an unknown quantity. And it feels like Capetti is a guy who they really targeted and really, really wanted. So I think he's going to get every opportunity um, to to be on the pitch and to score goals. Yeah, he does seem like he was one of the the sort of original go-after-in-the-market guys. We got 44 goals last year. So you're saying that you think he can and likely will put up 25% of that or better in the next season. Um, I mean, I, mean I, think he, I think he can and I think he will. <laughs> I'm hoping that we're scoring more, than, more goals than that, I guess is my point. Do I think that Enzo Capetti is going to be, I'll put it this way, if, if Enzo Capetti has 20% or 25% of Charlotte's goals, I think Charlotte have had a bad season because I think that means that we have not scored enough goals. Oh, so you, you foresee this being a much more spread the wealth around than have one guy who, who really gets the job done. Yes. Okay, yeah, I'm on board with that. Um, I'll be honest with you, I, I kind of sit on the fence. I've no, I, I still, to this time, I haven't seen the guy play I have no idea if he looks like he's going to be super slow and look old and get run over by the physicality of this game. He may look like uh, the second coming of Messi. I, I have no idea at this point in time. So uh, I'm going to move on, and I'm going to go ahead and take the next bold predi- prediction. And Josh, you can just uh, you can just wallow in your sadness. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to decide which of my two would be considered spicier. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to go for this one because I don't want it to be taken away from me. And that is. I think that Hamidi Diop is going to be the guy. Um, I I think he's going to much the same way that when Adelson Melanda came in, I said, oh, man, I have this feeling that he's going to get deputized and he's going to be important. And he did. And he was. I have this feeling that Hamidi Diop is. And, and keep in mind, this has no like reasonable explanation. Hamidi Diop is going to end up being the guy. And whether it's at left back or whether it's at left center back, I just have this feeling that he is going to start in most of, if not almost all of, our games for Charlotte FC. Justin, tell me why I'm wrong. The only way you're wrong is if we buy another center back. I mean, <laughs> it, you know... We don't know when Karuha is going to be back. We don't know if, you know, when he comes back. I'm, I'm really concerned as, as we get closer and closer to the season, I get more and more concerned about lower body injuries and our field in particular. Um, and so I'm concerned about Karuha coming back. And you don't make the move that we made in MLS Superdraft without an idea that that this guy is going to be a big deal. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's putting a lot on a young kid, uh, but I just feel like somebody has looked at it and said, these two guys next to each other could do really, really, really good things. And 
you know, maybe even if it takes him a season to figure it out, that he's going to be given the time and space to figure it out. Uh, Josh, thoughts on Hamidi Diop? Uh, yeah, so my second bold prediction is that Jan Sobosinski will play 50% more minutes than Hamidi Diop. Oh, it will be significant hey. minutes. Um, <clears throat> so I am of the opinion that Jan is the forgotten man in this. I am of the opinion that he showed enough for me when he was healthy, and that is a big if, and I understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe injury played a very big part in his season last year, and the hope is that that is a one-off season and not a trend. Um, but I think that there is a player in Jan Sobosinski, and I think that he is going to be the person, whether it's at left back or left center back, that comes in and stakes a claim to that, and I think he will keep comedy Diop from a regular rotation spot um in the in in that position okay okay i mean i think you're wrong i i I, you know previously i thought that you were correct i thought that you had the same ideas as me and that we were on the same wavelength and now i know that you're actually just trying to uh you're just trying to be wrong so that's okay that's a personal choice why can't we all just get along here and say that comedy Diop and jan sabasinski are going to form the left side of our defense yeah, I mean, I think that's what's going to happen. Um, I, because I think, if we see if we see considerable minutes for Joseph Mora or Harrison Awful at left back, this team has a real problem. Yeah, and we are going to have to go and find Justin and find what corner he is crying in, and it will take immense amounts of effort to console him. So uh, let's not do that. If for nothing else, then I want my Saturdays. You know, <laughs> I like. I enjoy having that time to myself. And while I love Justin very much, you know, he cries a lot. Um, only, only at the sight of Joseph Mora at left back and the end of field of dreams and the end of field of dreams. Everyone has the right to, to cry at the end of field of dreams. Um, I don't know. So here's, I'll give you another, another quick round here. If you had to choose Harrison awful or Joseph Mora left back, Justin, who are you picking? Uh, that's Mora. He's slightly better. Josh, you agreeing with that? Harrison Offal or Joseph Mora? I plead the fifth. <laughs> you can't. This is this is not the American judicial system. I, you do not have rights. <laughs> yeah, I begrudgingly take Mora, but this is like this is gun to my head. I have no other choice. <laughs> yeah, you've this. asked. You've asked. Do you want to be kicked in the left shin or the right? <laughs> Neither is a good choice. That wasn't okay. the body part I was thinking. Of. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were, especially knowing you, Justin. Look, I thought you were going to make that much worse. So then this I is will. The family-friendly podcast. We talked about it earlier. Yeah, come back for uh, bold predictions <laughs> after dark. Um, so I'm going to flip that coin and then give you the good, good in theoretical. Also, please don't clip me saying I'm going to give Justin the good, good. Um, <laughs> If you have the choice in that left back slot of either Hamidi Diop or uh, Jan Sobosinski, Justin, who are you picking? I mean, honestly, I don't know enough about either one in the position to say. Uh, but, okay, we'll do this. Left back tends to have to go up and down the field more. Younger tends to be a little bit better in terms of stamina and everything like that. So let's stick D up at the left back spot and Sobosinski at the left center back spot. Yeah, that is highly logical. Uh, Josh, do you want to agree with the logic? Yeah, I mean, I, I think build wise too. I mean, I haven't seen either of these guys really on the pitch together, but I, I, I do remember Sobosinski. He looked stout and not in a bad way. Um, he looked like a center back to me, um, not a left back. And I think maybe... Diop has more athleticism uh, from the clips that I've seen where it might play a little bit better out wide. Yeah, I think I'm sitting on this uh, for Hamidi Diop on the left back as well. And as much as him being younger and faster and all that stuff is good, I, I think when we originally went and talked about Hamidi Diop, we talked about his ability to hit a cross diagonal ball up to the right wing. And I just foresee that being more useful at the left back slot. Um, I do think it will be useful from the from the left center back, but from the the 
the left fullback slot. It, it just feels like a tool you're going to get more use out of. And if you're going to go with such a young kid, I think you lean into what they can do well. Um, let's move on. Uh, we'll go to Justin. Do you want to drop your number three? Well, no, you went first last time, didn't you? <laughs> I did. Okay, so then no, we're going to Josh this time. Josh, uh, what's your number three? All right, uh, this is the one that I think will will get me in trouble with some with some fans. Um, mm-hmm. uh, my could pen- you could you real quick just tell everybody your personal Twitter handle so they can? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can find me on. <laughs> um, so my my prediction is that um, by his bobblehead day, Brant Bronico will no longer be a starter for Charlotte FC. His bobblehead day is August 26, so it is decently into the season. Um, but I think that when that bobblehead bobblehead day starts, Bronico, it'll be a question of whether Bronico will see the field. Dang, that is uh, yeah, that's a that's a bold prediction. Uh, so uh, to to follow up on that particular one, who do you but- think is going to end up in the midfield? On so, Brant Bronico's bobblehead day. <laughs> so I know that we've discussed a lot with Ashley Westwood and what role he'll play. I know Ewan sees him more as a um, as an eight, and that very well could be. I am, and, and I'm going to go against myself a little bit here. I am wondering if Derek Jones is not the one who takes over the six, and I still foresee uh, Nuno Santos forcing his way into the midfield equation. So I think that what is going to happen is that you're going to have three people in Nuno Santos, Carol Swiderski, and Ashley Westwood fighting for the eight spot. And I think Derek Jones is going to be trusted with the defensive six spot. And I think that that is going to leave Brant Bronico as the odd man out. I think he will still see the field as a sub, an often used sub. Um, But I am thinking that... Latanzio may, and I think Justin has made good points about this before, but I'm thinking Latanzio may end up trusting Derek Jones's defensive abilities in that sixth spot. And I think Bronico may lose out to the quality of Santos and Ashley Westwood in the eight. Okay. So with Carol Swiderski, uh, Ashley Westwood, Nuno Santos, Derek Jones, and Brant Bronico, you're saying you believe Brant Bronico is going to end up the fifth choice out of them. I am, and I'm not saying that he is necessarily the fifth best player of that group, but I am foreseeing a situation where the system and the tactics lead him to being the odd man out, who, again, still gets a decent amount of playing time, but is not the automatic starter that he was our first season. All right. Uh, I would definitely call that a bold prediction. Justin, do you want to weigh in on uh, Mr. Bronico's bobblehead day, or do you want to move on to your third bold prediction? No, I mean, I, I don't think it's a that bold a prediction. Honestly, I'm I'm fully in agreement with Josh, and and I, it's rough because Brant's been an incredible servant for the club, and I don't think that this is a matter of oh he becomes the fifth choice midfielder or anything. I think that you know, kind of like Josh said, you're gonna see that starting midfield trio. Up. My money says that it is is Derek Jones in the six, Ashley Westwood in the in the eight, Carol Swiderski in the ten, and then if. We we are chasing the game. If we need a goal, Nuno Santos comes on for Ashley Westwood. If we need to lock a game down because we are in the lead, Brent Bronico comes in for Ashley Westwood. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I don't, I don't see this as, as a particularly bold prediction from Josh here. Uh, I think that this is going to be... Uh, um, I, I think this is what the future holds, unfortunately fortunately for Brent Bronico and a little bit for Nuno Santos. Yeah. This looks like the natural progression of the team. Let's go ahead and move it on. Uh, Justin, your final bold prediction. Um, the most effective winger on this squad this season will be Kamal Yuzwiak. I kind of agree with this one. Although I don't know. I did just say that I was expecting, uh, Mackenzie Gaines to get like 11 goals this season. So I might, I might be shooting myself in the foot here. 
Uh, let think, me let, yeah, let me hear your thoughts on it first. Well, so so Kamil showed an ability that to to get to that end line and then operate in small spaces to wriggle the ball free, drawing in defenders towards the end of last season that I think is going to be incredibly effective this season. I think that it's going to open up space in that left forward channel that I think Carol Swiderski is going to enjoy. Uh, you know, I think Ashley Westwood is going to enjoy. Um, you know, I think maybe Yansa Basinski or Hamadi Diop bombing forward from the left back role is going to enjoy. And I think it's going to open up a lot of opportunities and a lot of chances. I think there's going to be a lot of the same kind of slipped through balls that Danny Rios got on the end of last season that whether it's Capetti or Vinicius Mello or whoever it is at the nine, they're going to be able to pounce. And, you know, if Capetti is good this season and if he is a, a poacher, those are great balls for poachers to uh, to land on. Um, and I just think that he brings the kind of toughness to that left wing position that is going to pay off in MLS this year. Yeah, makes sense to me. Uh, Josh, thoughts on this one? I think that amongst us three, this does not feel like that bold of a prediction <laughs> because I'm right there with you, Justin. However, I think for the larger Charlotte fan base who might hear this, I think that that would be because I do think that Camille's reputation is not the greatest amongst the general fandom uh, of Charlotte. I think that DP label really holds him back. I think his lack of end product this past season um, which is a legitimate cause for concern, holds him back in the eyes of some. And so I do think that for the broader audience, for a lot of people out there, they're going to hear that and think that you are crazy, Justin. <laughs> I, for one, am kind of with you there. I, I believe in Camille's talent. I believe in what we saw at the end of last season. I wrote a whole article about it. I believe that he is going to get more all those opportunities on the left. And I believe that we are going to see that end product this year. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right. I think amongst us, we kind of have high expectations of Kamal Uzwiak, Uh And I hope he comes through with it. I am going to go ahead and I'm going to get into my third prediction. And this one might only feel bold to me. It might not feel bold to anyone else. Um, but it has to do with my, 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 my player, my guy on the team. And I have always, always said you have to be able to kill your darlings if you want your team to be able to grow. Ben Bender wears the number 15 shirt on his back. My bold prediction is Ben Bender does not even make the bench for 15 games this season. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of factors that go into this. If you look over the, the end of his sort of tenure in his first season, he was not making the bench at all. And when you, you spoke to Christian Latanzio about Ben Bender's performance, his response was, there's a lot of work to be done there. Um, Christian Latanzio doesn't seem to rate Ben Bender. Ben Bender, I do believe, has a superpower in his passing ability, but he does have significant need of progress in other areas. And in the areas that we could see him functioning, we have not only seen other people incoming, they were also already the sort of highly stacked areas because Ben Bender, like literally everyone else on our team, is better on the left. The other thing that I have seen that makes me think this might be the case is when you've been around football for a while, you learn to watch the social media and when you watch the social media that comes out and you see what's happening, you tend to see the guys that aren't really in favor in the team end up on the social media, right? It, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of a football trick to be like, hey, yeah, you're not playing for us right now, but we still believe in your potential and we want everyone to, you know, we want people to know you're a part of this team. So we're going to make you the face of social media for a while while you work your way back to the team. This has happened all over the world in a lot of different places. Who are you currently seeing on social media for Charlotte FC right now? The two faces you see most often, Andre Shinashiki and Ben Bender, right? Both popular people in Charlotte. I mean, I have a Ben Bender jersey. 
and Andre Shinishiki, both guys that right now I don't expect to be seeing a lot of field time and in the positions they'd prefer to play, I see people that unless they have developed significantly are probably ahead of them for the number two role. So Justin thoughts on Ben Bender over under making the bench for 15 games. Um, I mean, I, I, I think he'll make the bench for 15 games, but I don't think that he will see minutes. It's uh, not in meaningful matches because I'm also, you didn't say MLS matches. So I'm going to include the benches that he makes for okay, US in, Open Cup in, matches. In MLS matches. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't don't just, you go after me for these technicalities. Ooh, no. Technicalities are, are where I live. It's great. Technically um, correct. The best type of correct. But it, there's just not, I, I don't see a place for him. He doesn't make the, you know, he doesn't make the pitch against Vancouver for the preseason match. He just, um, I don't know where he plays because every position he might play, he feels like fourth choice at best. Yeah, pretty much. I feel like there's maybe one position in that if we, ha- if we have an out and out 10, you know, not if we're playing two six style with the single 10, maybe he's the backup to Carol Swiderski. That's the closest I see him to the field. Uh, I mean, the way we played last year, I almost think that, that Shin Yashiki's got a better chance to see the field there than Ben Bender. Yeah. I mean, could very well be. Could very well be. Um, and, and it hurts me because I think he has a world-class superpower. I just don't think that that superpower is going to fit into this team right now. Uh, Josh, thoughts on on Ben Bender? Um, when you first said it, I thought you were crazy. Um, I'm still not convinced you're not, but I think that a lot of your reasoning is sound. Um, and it has me thinking I will, I think I land more with Justin in that. I think he's going to make the bench a lot. I think I'd be really with you if we were talking about 15 MLS appearances, because I do agree that I think. I think the choice behind Swiderski might be Shinyashiki or Santos. And then Ben Bender, I think that eight spot is really crowded. I don't think he's the type of wide player Christian Latanzio wants. Um, I see him on the bench a lot, if only because he's so popular amongst the fans that I almost wonder if there's a effort and a need to put him on the bench just to not make them mad. Um, but I, I do I do think minutes are going to be hard to come by. I will say this, though. If he gets minutes, I think that we're probably going to see a Ben Bender unrecognizable from last year in quality. Because I do agree with you that I think Latanzio is expecting a lot more from him. And so if he's going to see the pitch, I think the the progress he will have made will have been leaps and bounds, which will be a good thing for Charlotte. Um, yeah, absolutely. And one thing I, I don't want to say here is I think Ben Bender's career is over. Um, <clears throat> I think Ben Bender looks like in uh, Christian Latanzio's eyes, like the player for three years from now, who, due to something outside of his control, got thrown into the public, public spotlight too early. Right? We talk about this all the time, that really young players usually aren't just ready. Right, they usually need time to adjust to the higher end of the game, and I I say that and I put my foot in my mouth again by saying I think Hamidi Diop is going to have to come in and really be special. <laughs> I think Christian Latanzio sees Ben Bender and says, "We have other options in this position that I trust more. I think you have talent in you. Here's what you have to do to get better, and in two or three years." Assuming these people are still here, we could have a core of 24-year-olds, including Ben Bender, that can really go knock people's socks off and compete. But right now, I don't see where he fits into the team. Uh, final thoughts on this one, Josh? No, I think that's, I think that's right about there. And, and I think, again, he is, he's almost 22, so he's 21 right now. As you said, he got thrown in, I think, a lot earlier than is probably expected. MLS draft picks do not often play that much. He played more than the average. Um, I don't know that a step back 
in playing time is is the end of the world for him. I'm sure for him personally, he's not going to enjoy it. Um, but career-wise, it might be a good thing for him to to be able to actually develop rather than being thrust into the deep end. Yeah. Um, I am going to hit you both with one more question here because I'm shocked nobody picked it. And I'm going to hit you with another over-under, right? And Justin, over-under on Jalen Lindsay, 20 MLS appearances, not starts, anything. Him getting on due to injury, him getting on due to having 15 minutes left in the game and just trying to see it out. Jalen Lindsay, over-under, 20 MLS appearances. No, that number feels too high, unfortunately. I... I I don't think that in most matches we should be using a, a sub on a right back. So I, I just I don't know if he makes those twenty appearances, and I don't know that Nathaniel Bur- or that Nathan Burns going to get injured. So uh, for you, I'm going to go under. Under what what number would you set? Uh, I mean, I, I think the fifteen number. I I think that that somewhere in that seventeen, because there's I mean. Well, you, well we, you said you said 15 first. Are you comfortable with that? You yeah. don't have to justify it yet. All right, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take your number and say, Josh, over under 15 MLS appearances for Jalen Lindsay this season. Um, under. 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 What, are, what are you thinking? So I, I want to caveat this by saying that if, if Burn is healthy... It's under, right? And I, and yeah. I know that's a cop-out, but it, it just is yeah. what it is, obviously. Um, I'm thinking somewhere in the 12-ish range with about seven of those being starts, spot starts for for Burn to rest him. But I agree. I don't know that we see him coming on as a sub very often because I think that it wouldn't make sense to bring burn off. And I think you do sometimes see teams put like a fullback at the wing spot, but I think both Vargas and um, Gaines show enough defensive effort to where that doesn't make sense to me either. Um, Like they, they will track back. So I'm having a hard time seeing him get into that team. Okay. So here's where it's going to get sad for you guys. Are you ready? You ready for me to bring the sadness? I'm going to need a verbal yes from you, Justin. Uh, I am. I am prepared. Fantastic. Uh, So now that we have set an expected over under of somewhere in that like 12 range of what we might see of Jalen Lindsay, uh, Harrison awful over under 15 MLS (laughs) appearances. Uh, Justin, how are you feeling? I mean, I think Latanzio loves him. I think unfortunately we're going to see him. I'm not looking forward to it, but. Yeah, I think it's going to be an over, and it sucks. All right, Josh, how you feeling? Way under. I do not think that we're actually going to see that much of Harrison Awful. I think that the writing was on the wall when he came back in also a like player development role. Um, I do think that we will see him, and of course, again, the injury caveat always comes up. If we get a rash of him, who knows what happens. But I think, barring relative health... Um, I, I do not think that we see much of Harrison awful on, on an MLS pitch this year. I'll be honest. I am terrified that it's going to be like 31. Uh, there's no, and there's something in me that just he sees this situation and goes, yeah, Latanzio's not going to like Hamidi Diop on the left. And he's going to, he's going to need Jan Sobosinski in the middle. And he's going to. He's going to look at Joseph Mora and go, yeah, maybe he's a little faster, but I don't quite trust him as much as I trust Harrison Awful. And Harrison Awful is going to end up. And then he's just never going to get taken out. That's just how it's just terrible. This is just what I feel. And it's, it's not necessarily like a joyful feeling, um, but it is definitely what I feel. Uh, would you say, Justin, that that, that satisf- satisfies the demand for bold predictions? Well, it, here's one more question for, for you two. Over under on the appearances in MLS for Andre Shinyashiki this season. Under. Under what? Doesn't matter. Pick a number. (laughs) (laughs) If the number you pick is minus two, I'm still going to say under. (laughs) Josh, what do you think? 
Um, Shin Yashiki. No, we, well, you should actually. Well, have get we a got number. an actual number? Yeah. <laughs> no, because because Logan did not. Fine, get fine. One. I'll set I'll set the line. Uh, I think Andre Shin Yashiki gets into eighteen games in MLS this year. You think he's going to get into eighteen games? I do indeed. I, I agree with John. I'm actually going to set. Uh, I'm actually going to take the over on that because I think that Latanzio loves Shin Yashiki in the last ten minutes of a match Super where sub. we need a goal. See, I don't think he's going to look to him for the super sub. I, I guess I, I think I would have seen more of that when we had less effective attacking options, right? We have Vicinius Mello now. We have a number of people off of the left, none of which appear immediately to me to be Andre Shinishiki. And <laughs> on, on the right, it's probably going to end up being Harrison Awful. So <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. I personally think that Andre Shinishiki has a fantastic nose for the goal. I think when he's on, he scores. And I think that's a fantastic thing. So I would love to see him get 18. Andre uh, Shinyashiki ends the year with two starts and 16 relief appearances. Well, but how here's many goals? the other thing is... Eight. Okay. Eight goals for Andre Shinyashiki. These are bold predictions. Here's the other thing. Here's the other question for you. Does Andre Shinyashiki end this season on Charlotte FC's roster? Yes. Um, I think they tried desperately to move him. See, I, I, I still don't understand why he was given the extended contract if he's just going to be on the bench the whole time. Um, I think it makes him a more valuable trade chip to extend the contract because the team that trades for him will have him for longer. Yeah, it could be. Um, I think he's still going to be here. That's my like gut reaction, but it could be completely off base. Um, any any other good over unders, Justin? Uh, over under number of points for Charlotte FC this season. Uh, fifty two. Oh, uh, I'm gonna let Josh answer that first. So what did we? I'm trying to remember we had, what we ended we had last four year. last forty two last season forty two. I I, I think. I don't know. I think this 52, team is, you said 52. I think this Under. team is 10 points better. I, I think this team is 10 points better just from three games of figuring it out in the beginning, right? Like three games. We lost to DC United in the opener of last year. Not to say that like, it's impossible to lose to DC United, but DC United finished last season on 27 points. Right. Uh, I think there are three games in there that, we probably scrape back from just being a more settled team. Uh, oh, I think it's a good set number. I think I'm going to go just under, but barely. I'm going to take the over. I think that we are a mid-playoff squad. Because last season, the, the five spot was Cincinnati in the East with 49, and the four spot was New York Red Bull with 53. Okay. I think that we can match the the Red Bulls results from last year or or slightly improve it. I am going to hit you with one last question then we have to move this along because we've actually had this one going for a little while. And that is if there is going to be one major upset this season Charlotte FC wins, which team is it that Charlotte FC takes down unexpectedly? Josh, you have 10 seconds to answer. Um whichever LA team we're playing. <laughs> yes <laughs> it's gonna be all of la all right justin who who do we take down uh i think we shock them again and, and turn it into a thing and we take one off of the two that we play against philly okay Ooh, now that is bold because that team is it's really good even yeah. scarier than they were last year there is a um, good chance that team has a new coach just before the season starts Ooh. um Ooh. I, i'm gonna come in here and i'm gonna say i think that you could probably argue whether or not this would be considered a big upset, but I think that team is the New York Red Bulls. Um, and my reasoning is because I don't like the New York Red Bulls and I hope we beat them. Do you think that's, is that solid reasoning for you guys? Sure. That I think the fine. New York squads, I, I think if you talk about squads in the East that are going to have a tough time of it, I think both of the New York squads are, I, I think they've lost a lot of players without enough incoming talent to replace it. I, I mean, it's more so NYCFC, but, you know, the Red Bulls lost some key talent, too. Okay. 
we are going to move along there because Justin, I'm going to have you do the news in like rapid fire old West style. You ready? Yeah. Hit it. Go. All right. Uh, we did uh, mention the preseason friendly against Vancouver Whitecaps. We finished that one, one after a total of about 135 minutes. Like we played this weird 45 minutes after the 90. Um, Bronico got sent off. Uh, awful subbed in his place, which kind of back to last week's conversation about that weird formation. Maybe Awful's playing defensive midfielder. Uh, right, right now, the team is back in Charlotte. We're training again. There's an open training at the McAlpine facility tomorrow, uh, February the 9th. Um, there is a uh, oh no, sorry, that may not be open. I yeah, think that's only that open is a, that is a, a media um, training, not not open, not public uh, open training. There is an open friendly Saturday against Charleston uh, in Charleston, unfortunately. But if you feel like making the drive, uh, that's up there. The away kits for the season, we've already talked a little bit. They're going to be purple and pink with a blue crown on the the badge. Um, That's going to be released officially on the 15th of February. Uh, We have an article uh, uh, up on the website, crowncast.net, that Josh put together. It's a great one. Diving deep on Adelson Melanda. Um, at us for all of these bold predictions at the underscore crowncast on Twitter. And last and certainly not least, um, a happy birthday to the man that we have lost, Anton Walks. Yeah. Um, here, here. Still missed. And uh, again, all the best to his to his family and to the team, who I'm sure are, are going through it today. Um, we are going to begin to wrap this up, and we're going to ask you for a favor. We don't do this often. If you listen to our podcast regularly, you won't hear me at the end of podcasts saying, please like and subscribe. Uh, But as the season ramps up, we do want to get ourselves out there a little bit more. So we're going to ask each person listening, if you would do us a favor and look down at your device, whatever you're listening to the podcast on, if you just give us a quick rating, whether that's you want to give us a full review where you type in what you think about the podcast and how all of uh, Josh's predictions are crazy Uh, whether that's you just have time to look down and hit five stars or four stars or three stars. Um, Hopefully you don't think we're one or two stars if you're listening to us, but uh, whatever that rating is, those ratings help us a lot. And uh, if you don't mind, as the season starts out, we'd love that if you could do it for us. As ever, if you have decided to spend your time with us, we love you. And we will talk to you again next week. Goodbye. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. dot com.